This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. All right, welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. We're back again with me and Nick. Um, so, Nick, you have some very exciting news to share with the entire world. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about that? So, I learned how to tie my shoes this morning. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, even better news. I um, recently, since the last time Bob and, Bob and I were on this podcast, I took both the um, National Physical Therapy Exam for entry level physical therapy education for graduating to be a licensed physical therapist and i took the legal exam for california the jurisprudence exam that allows me to get licensed in california while we're practicing and good news good news is i passed both of them wow you're officially a real person so i'm a real does, boy yeah 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 so, it's, uh, <laughs> so how does it, that feel Nick? how does it feel to be a real a real person a real boy whatever you want to call it <laughs> I'll, uh, I have, I have an intuition as a real person before, but, uh, a physical therapist now, it certainly feels great, Bob. Um, you know, kind of the way I talk about it is it's, it's great to be able to have the permission to go forward and continue my career and really, well, really to start my career. And actually, as I talk to you now, I'm driving down to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I've got a spine conference I'm going to be participating in tomorrow. So really my, well, in my last year of physical therapy school, I did a few things here and there to kind of start contributing to my professional career and shaping that for myself. This is really the first thing that I'm doing that, as a full-time physical therapist, that is really contributing to my continued career. So tell me more about the Spine Conference. So you're going down for this weekend? Um, yeah, absolutely. So it, it's actually, um, it was originally going to be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I believe it's just a Friday and Saturday course now, so I'm driving out there on a Thursday night tonight. Um, this is a actually the, they call it the first annual um, Collaborative Spine Conference, and it's a conference that's going to be um, the main participants are physical, physical therapists like myself, chiropractors, as well as osteopathic doctors. So it's going to be a great collaboration, really focused on high-level spinal care with research, with um, different techniques, with safety things. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. Um, for the actual conference, the information itself, the speakers, and then networking too. That's amazing. That's awesome. It sounds like, so like you were saying before, this is your first step as a professional physical therapist. Is that what you said? Absolutely. So that, that's amazing. That's a that's a wide step. That, well, it's a it's a deep step that you're taking. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's a great step that you're taking. Um, Absolutely. And now, also, Bob, you, Bob, you've got some. Uh, news yourself there's something going on this weekend that i believe you helped organize and help kind of create bring into existence yeah so so i was just uh going to touch upon that um so i'm also doing doing a weekend course as well um so this is more of just a, a low back pain kind of course by the mckenzie institution um so the cool thing about this is that i was the one that actually set up this whole course um i, I worked with the the the, I guess the, the host person um, at McKenzie or, or the, the co-sponsored director at McKenzie. And then we, we worked together to host the program here at IC. Um, and let me tell you, Nick, there, there was a lot of responsibility and a lot of like um, work to get the things in the works, uh, the thing in the works. Um, 
so I started to, to prepare and, and spearhead this program for IC about a year ago. So wow. it took me a whole year for our school uh, to sign a contract with McKenzie Institute um, to get this course on the road. Um, but I'm glad it, I'm glad it happened because sure I'm putting like a lot of effort to, to make this course happen, but at the same time I'm learning a lot of responsibility tasks and, and things like that. So one of and that, that's great for you, and especially like you said, with trying to continue your business skills in the future, to have the perseverance and the patience, and kind of the continual knocking, continual reminder um, to get after those type of business negotiation things. Yeah, yeah, of course. So one thing that's happening this week that I'm still trying to do is is finding finding patients for uh, the McKenzie course. So the McKenzie course, they want at least five patients. Um, yep. And basically, the, the professor that I'm, that I'm doing this thing with, that, he, that he's helping me out with, he, he gave me a list of patients. And I went to call all these people. And there were around seven people on the list. And only one person picked up. So I called them. So this was all last week. So I called them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then this week, oh Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And so far, only... Four people picked up, but um, three of the four people said they, they were interested, so that's good. Um, right. Then I got got another one of my classmates, but it shows that even with something as simple as finding patients to um, be a participant for a volunteer, there's a lot of perseverance of taking that effort and calling people over and over and over. Um, like I could have just, on day one, Everybody not uh, didn't pick up, and I just quit. Uh, I could have done that, um, but then I wouldn't have had so many patients, I guess, participate in this course. Well, I'm, I'm glad, certainly glad you had the participants. But like you said, it's a little bit defeat in your face. Yeah. Are you still there, Nick? Yep. Okay, it's cutting off a little bit, but. Um, so two weeks ago when we talked about this, this, this business thing, um, we, we were in person and you, you want, you tasked me with the task of creating three values or so basically I gave you all of the three things that were most important to, to all these five-star Google business reviews, physical therapy reviews in Queens. Um, and they were field team front desk. And then you tasked me with like putting them into action, like writing down or, or brainstorming, how would you actually make these three words into reality, um, plus create values? Do you think that that sums up what what the task from two weeks ago was? Yeah. You know, like you said, trying to take those strengths from the areas around you and saying, how do you make that unique for yourself and your business? Yeah. So I'm just going to hit through the list, and then I, I'd just love to hear your thoughts. Um, and just maybe we can have a little bit of discussion over these. Yeah, please share them. I'm looking forward to hearing. Yeah, so so the first one was feel, right? Um, feel as in they made me feel better. They made me feel great. Um, the day as in the physical therapist made me feel better. I could I feel like I can walk again. Um, so feel obviously like I want the patient to feel better, um, but also want the patient to feel like coming to physical therapy is not a chore, but yeah. instead it's something that. Um, they want to go to, uh, and 
the, the next question is, how do you do that? How do you make sure that um, it's, it's not a chore for the patient? And I think theoretically it's, it's to just make the exercises fun and tailored to the specific needs of the patients and the patient's understanding why they're doing it. Um, I feel like doing that will make this idea of it's not a chore into reality. Um, and also, especially if I'm doing, if, if I want to target more of the athletic population, um, just, just making, making the, the exercises like, like a workout. Um, so something challenging, something that gets the heart rate up, um, something that feels like they worked out instead of just coming to a 30 or 40 minute session and doing nothing but ankle pumps. I like it, Bob. So that's where I'm at with feel. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts, initial gut reactions. Do you think that's realistic? Do you think that's not realistic? Do you think that's still too vague? Um, I I absolutely think it's realistic. And I think, honestly, what you're describing, Bob, should be the standard of care. So I'm glad that you're kind of being an ambassador and putting that on your back and um, I love the idea of, like you talked about, about an athlete, let's make it sport-specific, but let's also make it a freaking workout, something that they're used to doing, right? And so much of the psychosocial injury, the psychosocial injury, not necessarily the biomechanical injury, is that they may have temporarily lost their identity as an athlete. Well, let's allow them the privilege of bringing that back. And, again, I'm big on the number of people with ACL tears that they stop moving altogether. They stop even doing upper body workouts. Why? Oh, because my knee hurts. Oh, because I have an ACL tear. Well, sure, but you can still do this, that, or the other thing at close to maximal level while we wait for the knee to catch up and do the best we can to strengthen that. So I think that, excuse me, I think that that's a big factor, Bob, that I like that you're including. And like you said about that feel, making the patient feel welcome and feel appreciated, not just to be very specific in your treatment with them, but I mean, I'll start out joking with my patients all the time when they come in. It's, you know, the first question I ask them, you, for most patients, isn't usually, oh, how is your pain today? No, you know, you'll eventually get to that. But it's, hey, that thing you're saying you're doing with your nephew, you know, how, how to throw in the ball go with them or this or that or the other thing, something that relates to them and their life. And so that way it's far more than their life isn't just separate from you. You're, you're an aspect of, your, of their life. You're part of their community that you know their friends and everything, and that's how it's a much more holistic picture. So, Bob, I love your answer for the first part for feel. Well, I, I thank you for adding on that part. That I just, I just was typing as, as you were saying that, um, and that, that's great. I, I really like that. Like if, the, the words that you, the words that you use to put it together of. Um, when somebody just comes in, you just ask them how their pain is. You focus on what they're here here for. It's, it's not like you actually want them to be here, um, but it's, it's like just trying to fix them so they can leave. Rather, what you were saying is focusing on the patient uh, as a whole, feel, making them feel welcome, making them feel like, like there's a genuine connection there um, and feel important. And I think that's that's the whole part of a service business, which is really what physical therapy is. Um, Absolutely. And for, for people and therapists or others out there, aspiring therapists who feel like, you know, oh, that's so much work or whatever, hey, I have more fun doing it anyways. And if I'm there all day kind of helping people, I might as well have some fun doing it at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Um, let me, I'm still typing this down as, as, we're, as we're talking because I no, feel like this please, is great please. information. 
Um, Please do, Bob. And again, this is just a um, for any, anybody listening out there. This is just a part of the process that what Bob and I are trying to do is we're trying to have these meetings. Matt, Bob, I was actually talking to one of my good friends recently about how we started our podcast about just you asked for me to be your accountability partner, and the conversation was so good. Round two, we decided to record it, and hey, that's what the podcast has been ever since. And this is just a, another great example of Bob and I don't pretend like we have all the answers but we do pretend like we have a significant amount of questions and we're trying to search for the answers. So, no, we're not examples of people who are perfect or have a great understanding, but we're trying to take a step in the right direction each and every day to make it better and to actively include each other in our own lives and our own pursuit of that mission. Yeah, that's perfect. I, I like it. Um, so the second value or the second thing that we talked about last week was, was team. This idea of team, how important it is to have a quote-unquote good team to treat um, patients in general. So what what I thought was um, a big part of team is this idea of culture. And this is something that you talked about a lot, especially when you were doing, doing your clinicals, like having this certain culture around uh, the clinicians that you were, that you were on a team with and, and how that impacted outcomes. Um, so what I think a big part of the team culture, especially for physical therapists, um, should, should this uh, should be this idea of, of just a growth mindset mentality. And again, this is something we talk about a lot. Um, but I also like to quote um, Gary Vaynerchuk. So he's he's like a motivational speaker that talks about this a lot. But he talks about this idea of, of building a honey empire. Um, I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you before. But, I do not believe so, Bob. Go ahead. Okay. But a honey empire basically – where everybody's like kind to each other, everybody's nice to each other, and everybody in the business or culture or whatever is really just trying to build each other up like bees or like like not like sweet like sweet. So like okay, I, 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 I was afraid it was going to be a culture of stinging each other like bees when they get overprotective, but I'm I'm glad we went with your approach, Bob. Yes, but but honey, so like, like sweet. Um, but on the other side, which is more of the stingy kind of thing, is is a vinegar empire. Uh, so basically a vinegar empire is, is when people are trying to get to the top, but the way they do that is they're not building other people up. They're dragging people down along the way. So, so that growth mindset mentality, that growth mindset culture is more so that honey empire where everybody's just trying to help each other out, build each other upon each other. Um, and I don't really have any randomized control trials for this, but I'm pretty sure that being a honey empire uh, or, or just building each other up, building clinicians up throughout within the team has much better outcomes than somebody that's just trying to get to the top and like throwing people under the bus. Um, well, what do you? What, 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 what I can say, Bob, for uh, I don't have specific citations for research, but I do know for research out there, there is certainly research that one patient's expectations of treatment is greatly affects the outcomes. And then added another layer to it, the therapist's expectations believe and can perceive if the therapist believes in the treatment as well and what the patient perceives, the amount of belief the therapist has in what they do will directly affect it. And honestly, if you're in a more upbeat, enjoyable, energetic, supportive team atmosphere, I don't know about you, Bob, but I'm always going to have more energy and uh, a better focus and care for what I do than if I'm in an environment where I feel like I can't fully be myself because of a lack of support. Um, yeah. So I think I think indirectly it 
ably supported by the research for patients. Yes. Well, e- either way, the, the patient can feel can feel that energy. So if if everybody's like they're they're having a bad day, everybody's gloomy. Um, there's like internal drama. Like patients patients know. Like patients, and that will affect how how the therapist treats the patient and how the patient treats the therapist. So I feel like that's something just important for me to, to really like internalize. So eventually down the line, I, I don't lose sight of this. Um, and, and this is something that I keep coming back to just this idea of growth mindset, that this idea of we're trying to build each other up. Um, but the question now becomes like, how? how, how do I do that? Like, how do I have this culture of, of a honey empire? Right. Um, this was a harder question for me, but I think it's just really just finding like people and hiring the people um, that have the same why and same goal as, as you. So finding those people that have this idea of appropriate loading or, or heavy loading or doing deadlifts with patients are going to get patients better and have this idea of growth mindset or have this, um, yeah, growth mindset to grow and, and learn and become better in order to get patients better. I like you, Bob, and I like how you talked about kind of the root of the issue, which is bringing the right people on the team. And I was talking, uh, actually this was a number of months ago, but talking to a physical therapist who had somewhat recently taken on a new manager position. And I asked him how that was going for him, and he said, you know, the secret is I just have to hire people that don't need to be managed. And he's completely right. When you have that online, when you're having the right people around you that don't need the management that you are – "Quote unquote," supposed to provide. You're smooth sailing. Yeah, I I agree. Um, but I think so. So there's this phrase of hire fast but fire slow, or fire fast. Oh dear, we we better we better get this one right. <laughs> I think it's um, yeah, fire fast, hire slow. That sounds correct to me, Bob. That sounds correct to me as well. <laughs> it's one of the two. All right. But, uh, all, right, all, right, all right, Bob, Bob, Bob. Say that again for our listeners one more time so okay. we know what it is. So so fire fast, yes. hire slow. Yes. So, I mean, obviously there's there's laws and things to, to, to firing people, <laughs> um, but it, it's, still, it's still an important concept to, to I guess, put our hands around um, of – if somebody's like being the negative dancer or, or being that um, thing that's causing, that's spreading all this negativity in the group, you don't want to just wait another six months before you, you decide and, and pull the trigger. And I feel like that's something that I really need to work on, just pulling that trigger or um, just, just tearing off the Band-Aid when, when it's ripe. Um, okay, I got, well, everybody out there, you heard it. Uh, next week, uh, it may just be Bob Chang on the podcast. I might be fired. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. There, there's all these. Uh, yeah, maybe you'll get a lawyer, Nick. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> depends what happens. But so I think that's that's uh, an important take home for me, especially just to just to really realize. Um, and I think just talking about this like really makes me think about it more and more because as time progresses and like more things happen, you start to like lose some of that. Um, some of that initial, I guess, passion. I don't know if that's the right word, um, but, but what do you what do you think, Nick? Bob, 
be clear, Bob. What, what do I think about what? So, so this idea of so you're working, you're doing more and more, you're doing more and more different things, and you're losing that initial sight of what you wanted to look for. Ah, okay. So the idea of you know you're going after things, you're um, you think you're ambitious, you think different things, so then you, you kind of sit back, you put up your feet for half a second, you catch your breath, you breathe, you say, what is all this even for? Am I even is this even successful? Is this even what I want it to be? Is this even what I want it to look like? Um, I think you lost your why. I think you lost your focus. I think that, you know, your people who are doing that are keeping up with the whirlwind of responsibilities around them. A lot of the small, menial tasks that have to be done, have to be put out there. And Or you can even be doing the right things, um, not only for the wrong reason, but you can be doing the right things for a lack of a reason, for not having that why behind it. But even having your why behind it, reshaping, reframing it for what you really want, is one going to help you be more efficient. It's going to help you cut down on the little stuff that really wasn't that important to begin with, that you really don't need to be doing, that you really don't need to be focusing on. Um, they'll cut down. But also, in addition to that, it's going to help focus in to say, okay, how can we do this a little bit better, and where do we put the majority of our energy? Huh. Well, I I think what I was asking was before you realize that you're losing sight of of your why. So so initially you have your why, right? Yep. Um and then you start like you said doing doing all these like smaller tasks, doing all these different things that that take up most of your time that um like you said make you lose your why, but, but how do you realize that you lost it? You got to keep reflecting. You got to keep going back. And I think I think it goes back to, you know, you need to create a, a mission and a vision statement, whether you do it formally or not. I'd encourage you doing it formally. You need to create that before you get the, the start laying down the bricks of the building of the foundation and moving forward. You need to have the idea of what you want it to look like. And if over time it it doesn't start to look like that or it doesn't start to bring that into fruition. Um, I think you're going the wrong way. And I think of it like treating a patient too, Bob. If you're if you're doing the same approach for a significant amount of time and it's not helping them, you're not seeing results, well, I think you need to change your approach. If you're asking the same question but looking for a different answer each time, something's going on there. And so, Say sorry, the last part really, one I, more time. If, if you are asking the same question, but looking for a different answer, something's going on. And I, I think you need the answer to your question, Bob, is you really just need to keep reevaluating. Yeah, I think that's, that's also the, the key point, just having that time to, to look back, reflect, um, and see if what you're doing is aligning with your why. Um, or if I, you're I, th- I think that no matter what area or arena we're in, that's the difference between defining a purposeful life versus a life out of reaction. Wow. That is good. That is great. Um, wow. Yes. <laughs> I like that, Nick. That was very good. Um, so moving on to, to the third, uh, the third key word from last week was, was this idea of front desk um, or just the word front desk. So the fr- front desk gave me like 
they, they were welcoming, they were nice, they were friendly. Um, they, they taught me everything about I needed to know about insurance. Um, so I guess for me, uh, for me to take part of that is, again, like, like most of the comments said, like what I just said, um, communicating, communicating all aspects of insurance properly, uh, specifically maybe have like a checklist of what the patient should know, like what you feel like the patient should know about their insurance so they're not in the dark. Um, so co-payments, co-insurances, how deductibles work, how payments work, how things like that works. Um, and you're not collecting uh, money after the fact, after the service is done. So th that will, I feel like that will cause a lot of uh, discrepancy. That this discrepancy is that is that a word? Something. Uh, something. We'll, 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 Bob, we'll, we'll go with that. A lack of congruency. Yes, <laughs> a lack of congruency. Um, especially if, like, you do a service and then the patient pays after a few weeks after or days after. That's where the, the the arguments or the the miscommunication can happen. Oh yeah. Whether um, whether there's the best of intentions or not, people subconsciously don't like when they owe people money or other people owe them money. Yes, I agree. Um, so so just having this firm rule that you have to pay at the time of service, so the, the time they come in for that service, um, will be important. Um, and then having that clearly explained, and then having the why behind that, so the patient also understands. So everybody's on the same page. So basically, everybody's on the same page. But also, um, especially for me as, as a one-man stand, initially when I'm doing this, uh, when I will be doing this, um, just, I guess, so this is something that I learned in my business physical therapy class. Um, and one thing my business, business physical therapy class professor talked about was uh, when somebody schedules an appointment at 3 o'clock, for example, and then they come in, before they even introduce yourself to them, before they even um, take their coat off, you, you look up as the front desk person and wave, hi, Mrs. Smith, thanks for coming in at, at, your, at your appointment. Um, and I feel like, sure, it may sound weird, but I think it may um, just show how important the patient is to the clinic overall. So that's their initial first or our first few contacts with how they meet with the clinic. Absolutely, Bob. It's, um, you know, my, my second clinical I had, which is my first outpatient experience clinical, um, we had probably about 12 or 13 therapists on staff, and the check-in area actually had three front desk people, so it was fairly busy and everything. But um, most of the time, once the patients had already been there for a visit or two, they would come over, go to the front desk, and... It was the same thing. The front desk people would know them by name, say, oh, hey, uh, hey, George, or hey, Sally, you're all set. And um, they wouldn't even have to say a word. And they just, you know, more or less they just kind of socially chat. And it was a great welcoming experience and made them feel a lot better kind of waiting for their quality care from their therapist. Um, so over over the summer, I was a front desk person for, for my mom's clinic. Um, yeah. And... I can tell you that when you're in the weeds, it gets so much easier to get lost from the why. Um, like when you're actually in, when you're actually in battle, it's so much more harder to think of strategy. Um, does that make sense? Is that a analogy that makes sense? That sounds extremely accurate, Bob. Absolutely. So I think again, like what you talked about, just just reflecting back at the end of the day, or maybe even just after every interaction, 
just reflecting back, oh, did I do this? Did I do that? Um, and that will keep you grounded and and on track to head to your goal or, or to your why more efficiently than if you didn't. And I think I think it comes down to also setting priorities too. You know, one of the reasons why Disney and the Walt Disney Corporations are so good is because they set their priorities for what they do in their amusement park so well, so that every staff member knows this is what they have to do. Um, and they don't get assigned 20 different things, but for example, for the front desk, it might be priority one is create a welcoming environment for everybody in person. Priority two is to respond to everybody for phone call. Priority three is scheduling her. So they know very clearly, here are the top four or five things that we expect you to do, and here's the order of priority it takes. Then, you know, even though it might not be an easy situation, like you said, you might be in battle where it's far easier to play a game of chess, Bob, from sitting down at a coffee table looking down the board as opposed to you're the you're the piece of the king or you're the bishop on the chess table trying to battle. It's a very different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some nice uh well th- those are some great lessons in this in this episode that we're talking so far. Um I'm it's I, I said this before but an amateur, if they get things that repeated to them, like if they were, if they get things that were taught to them again, they would say, why are you teaching me this? I know all this already. A master or a sage would always say, uh, thank you for the reminder. Um, so I want to say thank you for all these reminders, for all these things that that's, that we talk about. Um, and, and it's been a great episode so far of, of knowledge, I think. Absolutely, Bob, and uh, those words mean a lot coming from you, and uh, know that I learn just as much from you every time we come on here, too, by hearing your questions to me and also being able to, when I know you so well, reflect upon even the thought process going on in your mind that others who are listening, um, maybe if they've been listening for a long time, can get a hint of it, but may or may not be able to tell as well. Perfect. So I think right now is a good place to, to – I think talk about goals for next week. Um, I love it. So I don't really have anything specific on mine, but I think one of the things I should do is just creating my character avatar. Um, so a person that, so all their likes, dislikes, interests have uh, a solid image of who I want. So both a male and a female and having a picture of their face um, posted somewhere. And Bob, for these people, tell me more about how creating these avatars fit into your business plan. What what roles do these people assume in your business plan? So, so what's the purpose of doing that? Is that your question? Yes. So, um, like we talked about last week, uh, when we fish and we put out certain bait, uh, we attract certain fish. Now, to, to know what the best bait is for the fish you got to know the best, like the qualities of the fish, like specifically um, what the fish likes to eat, what day, what time of day they come out, um, all of these different things about the fish to attract the right fish or the fish that you want to attract. Um, so when you have the specific characteristics or the specific details of that fish or that person that you're trying to attract, it, it makes it a lot more easier to put out a message um, for that person or, or have your message be more tailored to that person than if you didn't have specific qualities for that. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. So these these people, these avatars you're creating, are your kind of uh, Joe and Jill Smith um, for who you want your patients to be that you're targeting your fish. Yeah. So so um, here's a great example before we we end. Um, so Russell Brunson, he was he's basically like a, a marketing person, and before he started his current business right now, which is ClickFunnels. He used to have uh, a, just a, a regular um, – well, he had a, a business where he coached other people. And one day he woke up and he realized to himself that he hated what he was doing. Um, he hated what he was doing not because of the things he was doing, not because of the things he was teaching or the things he was selling, but he hated what he was doing because of the people he was working with, not the, the right kind of client or not the right kind of person that he wants to be working with. Um, and during that time, he was also going, he was on the verge of bankruptcy, bankruptcy because of not having that passion to work with this certain crap. So the night of, uh, she as it sounds, he, he actually just wrote up his character avatar. He, he picked a, a man and a woman off of Google images, took their faces, put on the wall, put all their characteristics and said that I'm just going to because I want to work with these people specifically, I'm going to write down all the characteristics that I want to, of the, that I want to work with of the people that I want to work with. Um, and that's who I'm going to work with. And then the next day he, he decided to, to create a, a webinar or a marketing message targeting these people specifically. And that changed his business drastically into what he's doing now. So that that's an important aspect of, I guess, just the marketing phase of business. Bob, that's fantastic and, um, you know, phenomenal story for when you to gain that knowledge and perspective in, but then thank you for sharing that so vividly with the rest of us, too. Yeah, so that's the plan for next week. Um, as always, do you have anything else you want to add, Nick? Because you're you're the sage, you're the knowledgeable person here. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know about that, but... Uh... I'll just uh, I'll share another highlight from my life too. I uh, last night real late I got back from the Adirondacks. I was out there hiking around for three days and it was a complete glass bob. We had all kinds of terrain, all kinds of weather. We had rain, we had snow, we had tons of leaves jumping around like high rocks and everything, and it was a complete blast. I absolutely loved it. That's great. Was there were there was there hail? There was not hail, no. Um, okay. There was uh, there was some gnarly wind, my friend. Uh, how many people went? How many? Who, who went with you? It was uh, myself, and then um, Maya Drummond, who she is another PT that's graduated my year as well. Uh, that's great. That's exciting. Yes, sir. All right. Thank all you right, for Bob, another that, great that episode. That is uh, all I have on my end. This was a pleasure talking to you. Pleasure, uh, pleasure doing business is always good, sir. And Bob, yep. you have great work. When we meet next, I will have updates from the spine conference. You will have updates from your spine course, and I look forward to whatever wild cards we bring. Perfect. All right. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.